what's going on? Welcome back to the second episode of Anybody and Everybody. I'm your host, Herm, and I am thrilled to get this episode out to you guys. This is my first lacrosse kind of interview that we had going on in the show, and boy, I couldn't think of someone better to get it started off with. Today, we sit down with Steve from Straps. He is the mind behind it all. He's the genius who gets these memes on the straps for kids to get on their helmets, even pros to get on their helmets. He has an unreal story. We talk his background, we talk about lacrosse, we talk about business, we honestly hit every kind of point you could get across, and it was so refreshing to be able to sit down with someone so like-minded to myself and just have a great conversation. So, I hope that you guys enjoy it, and like I prefaced on last week's episode, I'm not going to be doing too much talking before the interview, but after the interview, I'll sit back down and do a little bit of talk and let you know my thoughts on the show and everything that happened. So, without further ado... Enjoy Steve from Lackstraps. And you're in school full time? Uh, I am. Yeah, I have one more semester left and then I'm out. Okay. I'm, I'm ready to be done. I, uh, the whole like doing... Co- so I went to boarding school for high school. So like okay. I've been away from home now for eight years. Uh-huh. And this has just been... And I went... I decided to go to a school that's a four-year residential college. So I've been in a dorm now for eight years. Oh it just it weighs heavy man it's just so, too much so i initially started out at stevenson and right um it it was like okay it's a private school it's local um and i was on campus and i was just so done with it by the end of the day i had a mm-hmm. terrible roommate um and then i ended up at ccbc um and like started playing lacrosse there but I was living essentially with my friends off campus because they recruited people from out of state, like right. rural lacrosse houses and lacrosse um, uh, apartments and stuff like that. And that was beautiful. I, I told myself I'd never live on campus again, regardless of where I go. Totally. Um, and so when you got recruited to go out to Missouri, I, like we were off campus from day one and... I mean, it was electric. It's uh, it's the life, right? I mean, once you get the freedom of living with your buds, it's just game changer. I mean, yeah. forget about it. So, um, one thing, just get a little bit closer, just because okay. that might kind of sucks. I mean, okay. I ordered another. Or yeah, you can even pull the whole setup. I uh, ordered another one of these, but um, I gotcha. Um, so for the people who just are joining us now, you obviously CCBC, and then you go out to Missouri. Missouri, and well, actually, let's talk about CCBC. This idea of getting recruited to a JUCO is huge it's one of the unwritten stories of america right now is that every day there's a ton of people getting recruited to community colleges to get ready to potentially jump on the d1 track end up at a school like hopkins or towson and something like that is that kind of what the recruits you were with were kind of like or they were just guys who just were looking for a good lacrosse outlet um uh, the original head coach there um Essex is much bigger um, and better, um, and essentially a lot of local talent um, congregates there. Um, kids that either don't have grades or just haven't found the right avenue or the right school. Um, a lot of people have their hopes up that they're going to go high Division One, and then ultimately when those offers aren't there, um, you know you have to turn to your backups, and um, JUCO is obviously an easy one, low cost. Um, and essentially you can, uh, you can study what you want. You get all your gen eds out. Essentially when you graduate from a JUCO, um, 
and transfer your AA degree anywhere. I mean, it's super easy to, um, like, all your prereqs are out. Um, as long as it's in line with your major, I mean, you just set yourself up to have an easy process. Like, you're not taking the ridiculous classes. Um, once you go to a university and you're actually with people and, like, um, professors that actually interest you and, like, you can actually communicate with them instead of, like, the... Bullshit da- your way through it. The dance appreciation teacher. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, that's probably the biggest story of any college is just the way that kids get through it. I mean, yeah. for me, I'm an English major and look what I'm doing now, first of all. But then secondly, it's like, uh, do I enjoy every class I go to? No. Yeah. But I mean, what? Uh, so what did you major in in the end? Agricultural business. So, oh. yeah. Right, so what are you doing now outside of lack straps, which we'll get into in a minute? So I work for a company designing in it. Like I'm in the design and estimation department of a commercial irrigation company oh Um, so you fell right into kind of what you were yeah studying so so i was actually doing it throughout college um like during my summers um free weekends i mean that was kind of hard to come by as soon as i got to missouri but um free weekends wherever i could find them um and i just had a boss out there who was super cool and kind of very flexible um and so i would do it all throughout my free time while I was studying. And then I got a job immediately after I came back here. Um, it was easy to pick up and, um, it, albeit like, I don't think it's, I love lacrosse way more than I love what you uh, do. agricultural business. But, right. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason you start this side gig lack straps, which I mean, everybody knows about at this point, yeah. whether, whether you follow the account or you don't, Everyone knows who you are, what you're doing, and how you're growing this swag game right now yeah. in lacrosse. So, uh, super like interesting um, how it all started. I mean, it was essentially uh, made in the basement of a couple of lacrosse players from CCBC. Um, you know, kids that love the game, but obviously just for one reason or another are not at like Division One, High Division Three, like. We, we had a good team, um, a lot of good talent that just loves lacrosse, um, kids that are coaching um, Division three, Division two, and just, like, growing the game. And we just had an idea and started rolling with it. Now, granted, we were in college the whole time, um, so everybody – it was kind of everybody's little side thing, and, like, nobody was really full-time, like, head over heels into it. Um, so – it stayed on the back burner. And then this past summer, um, it was still in the hands of my one buddy. And I was like, I know I can do something great with it. I want it. Like, I I needed it. Like, so this is kind of when you start, like, firing up the social media accounts and getting them out to players and exactly. the bomb squad. Kind of, I think that's kind of the takeoff point. Yes. So I just started messaging any player that um, I thought, like um, – well, basically any player that I could find on Instagram. And Jared, it was all his idea. Jared's uh, a, for, I've worked with Jared personally. We worked with him as a company. He is one of the best, number one, just ambassadors of lacrosse. But two, best clients in the world. So, I mean, you kind of hit into like a gold mine there. Yeah. He's so personable and genuine. Like, right. he is a great great person just human being yeah yeah he's a beauty he's great and so he didn't understand it at first he messaged me back the first time he was like (laughs) what is it and so i said um 
uh, or he actually followed up on his own and then he was like oh i need like a red band like he he designed it like right then and there like um he he said bomb emoji and then in black the word squad and that and was just it. from there ran with it yeah so i mean that's just a pure example of what like we can do with lack straps i mean what how many this is what like three months maybe into you taking over not like, not even not i mean you went yeah. from zero not zero but fairly low to yeah. bomb squad very so, fast and then you have ecd greg reviewing your product on his youtube channel i mean what a beauty he, that was he is awesome he is a beauty he's a great guy i've had plenty of conversations with him over the like last few months so i mean yeah. that was another where that was when you guys caught my eye where i was like holy shit like this is because one I'm a player who's always trying to look good, play good. You know, that's my biggest yeah. mentality. I don't really give a shit about how I actually do on the field. But <laughs> I was the guy who was five years, no, maybe five, like eight years old putting tape on the helmet. Yeah. And anything because I thought it looked sick. I mean, you saw guys at Hopkins do it. It's what you do. Yeah. So it's like you're coming in now and you're revolutionizing this. So um, from there, where'd you go? I mean, business standpoint, you clearly do you get overwhelmed at any point where you're like shit like, no no it, right now it definitely feels like it like yeah um albeit i mean i still get the orders out quickly because i'm motivated to do it it's still so young that like if i don't capitalize if i don't keep pushing like it's never gonna get to the point where i'm actually satisfied and so it's all in my basement. I still have yet to so show it to you. You're still making it here. Yeah. So I get the materials raw. I cut them up and then. Oh um, my god. Yeah. So this is the. I mean, this is why we do this podcast. This is the story that I'm searching for. Yeah. This is. So you're making these by hand. Yes. That's amazing, dude. Yeah. Hand hats off to you because that is. I mean, I made this prototype of my uh -huh. own sweatshirt here, and that was all the work that I was doing. I was going to ship it off to someone else to finish out my clothing line. So, hell yeah, that's sick. Yeah, and, well, luckily enough, when it did start, we, I mean, there are years invested in the research and development. It was actually worked on initially, I think it was in 2012, um, and then it was sewn, like, it was patches, like, nobody, nobody knew exactly what to do, and then over time i mean years um the the buddies that i was doing with were actually kids that went to missouri with me mm -hmm. um and so it like people grow up things die like, like things die down um slow down um everybody's trying to figure out like how they make a living and like lack straps had never proven itself to be that so like we all got established doing those things and i was just the one that was like you know I have free time. Um, I I'd love to just push forward and keep doing this. And um, I just like as soon as I got it, it was actually the end of May that I drove out to Missouri and picked up all the equipment and material that I needed. Um, it was just I I was just in the car on the way back home from Missouri. I was messaging people. Yep. Like, I have this. You're fired like, up. Yeah. You're ready to go. You're ready to you hit the ground running. That's yeah. kind of, that's kind of like my announcement the other day of this podcast. It was like, I have it. I'm ready to go. Like I was two weeks out from like the official launch day, and I was like, no, this this can't wait any longer. Yeah. This has to come out. And that's how you were feeling. You're like, I got to oh, message guys. Yeah. That's uh, amazing. And uh, I was messaging people that I know. Like, I still had like yet to 
fully establish myself. I had yet to make like one on my own back here with the current setup. Like I wasn't actually established. I was just ready to go. And I, so I started like letting the world know. And yeah, it's gotten to at, this point right here. At this point, do you already have the website up and running? Could you have people like putting orders in if you're messaging them that day? So the website never died. Like the website was something that was incepted back in like 2015. And so it was just, there was a banner on there that said that they weren't accepting any more orders because the kid that it was left with, I mean, he wasn't doing anything with it. Right. It just was left out to dry. Yeah. So I, I started working on the website um, as soon as I got back here and essentially um, the website was kind of old and janky looking and um, I mean I did the best that I could with it but I'm no professional and so I eventually had to get a professional to help me with that. So you did end up outsourcing yeah. the website? Yes. I'm in that process right now where it's like I could take the next 22 hours of my life and try and put together something. It's so brutal. Dude, it is one of those things. And I mean, such a big converse, part of this conversation is business, obviously. So yeah. like you you outsource the website. You, yeah. You're you making the straps by yourself. How are you packaging? Are you doing that yourself as well? So that's all stuff that was like developed back then. Um, oh, wow. It's, so the, it's you so guys simple. really did have like a business plan. You could have yeah. launched if you had both the resources and time and financial yes. stability. But like it had never proven itself um so it wasn't when you're so young and you're in college like you're trying to figure out how you're going to make your living and and everybody's trying to do that like people are taking on loans that that they're they're gonna have to pay back or start paying back in a year or two years or whatever it is like people look to different avenues and it's hard to just rely on a business like this and i mean totally i I don't even like because it's still so young like um it hasn't proven itself, but essentially it'll like, um, you just like to see growth and, and that's what, that's what I've gotten over the past couple of months. And yeah, it's, growth's an understatement, man. You've been doing this for what, what month are we in? We're like nine months now, maybe. And you've probably multiplied by 200 at least. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so initial sales like were, well, like, we had a little bit of a bump, like, when I posted on social media, like, you know, we're back. But mm-hmm. then, you know, how do I advertise? I had no idea. Like, I'm, right. I'm experimenting with uh, Instagram, Facebook, um, basically anything that I could think of. And, you know, I, I don't see the return on the investment, uh, especially not initially. It's more like, um, it's more that I have to be... Um, just pounding the pavement messaging players teams like that's all done like on my end Mm -hmm. that's those are the hours that nobody sees that really pay off in the end i mean that's the hardest part too is like because one you don't want to be nudgy you don't want to be the guy who's like hey man check out my product do this for me do this like and but you have to it's part of the business but that's the admirable thing too though because you're gonna get the like one connection jared newman yeah, he's the guy who hooks you up there in the end, and then guy like Greg from ECD yeah. hooks you up again, and now you're, now you're kind of rolling, I guess. I mean, yeah, so um, not as much messaging these days. No, and well, I just I kind of don't have time to right um, because custom orders come in like those take a little bit of time, um, 
and then team orders, um, and then just the individual orders, like, um, uh, Caleb Robinson just posted mm-hmm. about the Australian fund or, uh, Australian Red yeah, Cross fundraiser. They're sick. I, I was going to tell you, I need to order a couple of those. Like once we're done. This. Yeah. We have a couple in the basement. Hell yeah, I'll, buy, I'll buy them right now yeah. on the spot. <laughs> so, uh, he posted that, and then, I mean, sure enough, uh, I forget how many orders are after that. Um, but, like, some are direct to the fundraiser, and then some people don't feel like they have a relation to Australia. So there's other stuff that they order. Right, 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 of course. And, I mean, at this point, I think that a lot of people who are humans have somewhat of a sympathy and exactly. understanding of Australia. Like, I, I can't even imagine what life is like when your home nation is just on fire. I mean, like, there's times where California obviously has wildfires, but it's, like, they're, half their nation right now is, like, on fire, quite literally, and that's yeah. just crazy. So what you're doing is incredibly admirable, first thing. And then secondly, like, the way that you're going about it, it's a genius and smart from a business perspective. Yeah. I mean, it's really, like, <laughs> uh, it, it took me a while to even, like, really think of it, that this is a cause that that needs, you know, a little bit of extra effort but yeah, if the it was something that I knew that they're like the lacrosse community, like as soon as the idea hit, which was actually a kid messaging me on Instagram, he was like, "Are you doing these for like a fundraiser?" And I said, "No, but that's a great but idea." But that's brilliant. Yeah. yeah. And so then I posted it. I think it was like the following day, and then yeah, sure enough, you know, we're able to raise a couple of bucks for uh, the Australian Red Cross because that, I mean. I think they've gotten a little bit of rain. like Right, um, no, it's definitely calmed down from what I've understood. I mean, I can only keep up with it so much. It's yeah, crazy. It's day-to-day. It's something that you have to be on top of. Exactly. It, but the relief, like the relief efforts, they're, they're not going to stop for years. No. Yeah. No, you don't. You can't just come back from stuff like this. I mean, what was that? I think I heard a number like 50 million animals or something have been either killed or, mispla- or displaced, yeah. which is insane. So... You're obviously there. There has to be people to take care of animals because they're just as important as anyone else on this earth. And then people just needing places to live. I mean, if your house gets burnt down, and just what the hell are you gonna do? You know? Yeah. So if the Red Cross can help you, I mean, that's that's amazing, man, and that's an admirable thing. So you're doing that. What What's next though? What's What's lack straps next? You got anything in the works other than just straps? No. Yeah. Um, essentially we've reached out to like the PLL, the MLL. I mean, obviously it's to keep letting people know that personalities, um, groups, organizations can all be like displayed a little bit extra with a strap. Right. Um, even like, if it's like, I've, I've seen a few of these where like someone lost a father or something and you get your pops or whatever yeah. date on there. Like that's amazing. That's and that was the stuff that you'd write on your tape back in the day. Yeah. But, like, now you can do it in a clean way that looks good. And also you don't have to worry about taking an X-Acto knife to it in three weeks and trying to rip it off. Exactly. Um, so the commemoration thing, like, obviously that's a, that's a huge part. Like, that's why the the tape itself started. That's why, I mean, the business started is essentially to help people with that very issue. Um, but obviously there are other things that um it can represent in just like your personality um i mean everybody um it's kind of hard to tell i like i was watching a pll game and i'm like who's that who's that um obviously when they're zoomed in like 
uh, you have a little bit more of an indication. But, like, the pictures of people's faces and then, like, to have the bomb squad be right there on, um, like, their, their, All their face helmets. mask, their, yeah. their um, profile views, and, like, um, it's just... It's a great place to display that little extra thing that, that kind of represents exactly who you are. Right. I mean, so much of what we do anymore is our own brand. I mean, you have lax straps. I have my face, <laughs> yeah. but, or whatever you want to call it. And so, and the players are the same way. The PLL has done numbers for growing people, social accounts, social awareness, their own brands if they have them. And yeah. that's kind of just this idea of personality. So giving a player an, or even, I mean, I'm sure that like your best market at the end of the day is going to be middle schoolers who have want to have like six lack straps on their helmet at any given time. Yeah. And I mean, that's how they're going to show their personalities. And that's kind of what lacrosse has always been about to a certain extent. I mean, exactly. And I think that you're obviously a guy who grew up here in one of the hotbeds of lacrosse and right outside of baltimore you, yeah so you've experienced it swag is swag i mean lacrosse not much has changed over the years the yeah. guy who's rocking the white mid caps with some sick like tape on his helmet and a little bit of swag in the way he plays is the guy who's gonna like stand out so you're yeah. you're just helping that along here yeah i think so i think it's it it's to help people's personalities and then obviously it is just swag like um it was originally called Swag Straps. And, was it really? Yeah. That's and, good. No, that works. Um, and then, essentially, like, throughout college, I was the kid that was rocking double mid-gaffs. I had the Nikes oh, in, yeah. the, in the Under Armour. And the Under one's, <laughs> one's black, the Under one's black, the Over one's white. Did you ever do that one? No, I didn't. Oh, see, that was a big one I, when I was playing box. was just one. The bottom sock was black, over sock was white. I don't know why, but that's what the kids were rolling with. Um, kids are just hilarious with the things that they do. And I mean, I, I haven't seen it until recently, but the kids rocking the headbands. So they have the little, the two dangly backs of the bands, like down their helmet. Um, Oh, like the Scotty Rogers headband. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Uh, yeah that's a good one. It, it's just, you know, that little, They're not Scotty Rogers, Scotty Ratliff. My bad. Yes. Ratliff. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The LSM. Not, not the, uh. Not the goalie, goalie. bald goalie. He need one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, I make my mistakes. They're all named Scott. Yeah. Um. No, that's a that's awesome, dude. And so I have one lack strap question myself, I, and this is has nothing to do with lacrosse whatsoever. This is completely me being illiterate, not illiterate, just socially unaware. Big trust. You're obviously from outside of Baltimore. I <laughs> understand the Lamar Jackson whatever you want to call it hysteria what is big trust is it that like his nickname no it's the it's the group itself it's that they have the they can trust each other people can trust on them um you know when you need somebody to lean on lean on big trust oh okay so now it makes sense to me because i'm sitting around like lamar jackson has nothing to like trust is not his name i was assuming it's just like some kind of crazy nickname that you guys but okay the whole group trust one another it's like yeah any any other sports team lax team whatever you want to call it yeah in those groups i mean it whether it's uh the bomb squad the like anything like it's just a little thing that can help identify you with the people that you like and um, the things that you like, you know? Certainly. I mean, 
What, my question, too, is when are we going to get some straps into the box game into the NLL? So, that's a good question. It fits on the box helmets. Um, it, it's just never... I, I've never... I've rarely... I've seen it a couple times, guys with tape on their box helmets. But yeah. it's much less common than it, the field it's helmet. It's way less common. Yeah. Um, essentially, what we're trying to do is... Um, we're trying to offer something whenever we, like, approach a team or message a team, like whether it's fundraisers or anything like that, I think that's where you'll see it. Mm-hmm. Um, like they have stand up for cancer. You know, we'd love to help contribute um, to like the awareness, uh, whether they like a team auctions them off at the end of the day, mm-hmm. like we'll donate. Like we, I don't mind making straps as long as they're for a good cause. Right. Or even like, so like the PL is a great example. They have, almost every weekend is a sponsored weekend for someone or something else. So exactly. it, every weekend they want to order a hundred straps and just let the guy throw them on the table in the locker room, let the guys throw them on if they want to throw them on their helmets. So, yeah, I mean, there's every, every awareness has a logo. <laughs> like, yeah. You could put that on a helmet and it's not like you can put, there's plenty of space for multiple straps. Like if a bomb squad guy wants a, I don't know, cancer awareness, uh, strap and their bomb squad strap sure looks yeah, great exactly. it's a great fit and it shows that they're both culturally aware and personable because i think so much of what gets taken out of sports in like other leagues is that guys can't show personality you don't see a football player with a type of strap on their helmet that tells the people how they feel because the nfl is going to sue them one hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars the next day for yeah. not like they have their cleats what twice a year they can wear like their custom cleats that are for awareness but the pll let you do that 14 weeks of the 14 week stop so yeah that's kind of i mean we're tapping into the right market with that i think so too yeah um, i think it it's a great idea for them because not only are you... Of course you do. You're the one selling it to them. <laughs> yeah. And let me tell you why. Yeah. Um, let them display their personalities. Um, and then also they can put it in their merchandise table. Like it can be right there, you know, the Scotty Ratliff one. Right. Like um, it just any, like anything, um, whether it's... Um, it could be a, like a fundraiser. It could be like something that... You know, it's just that little extra thing um, that they have at their table that, you know, a kid, like, will help commemorate, like, who they like um, and what they do. And it's also, it can be worn while they're playing lacrosse. Like, and everybody can wear it while they're playing lacrosse. Mm -hmm. The only restrictions you might get is if you're at Johns Hopkins and, like, everything has to be super uniform or else you're, like you're off the team so that kind of goes into my next question is are you reaching out to colleges high schools yeah club teams so um i'm sure you'll have to see more success with like a club team until the college game kind of picks up onto it where yeah. every team has to have them so club teams are essentially like our first sets of team orders that we're starting to do and we really haven't done that many it's just kind of like slowly but surely um increasing awareness because who are the last people that are going to be the ones to know it's the the heads of the clubs that you know aren't watching the kids play like or aren't watching what's happening like throughout the lacrosse community every single day unlike the kid right um um, but colleges you know a lot of my marketing is just dming on instagram and sending emails and i mean i just 
you got to get like the um, NCAA seal or whatever. So that they have. So instead of teams putting the NCAA crest on the back of their helmets with a sticker, they have to have a lack strap. Yeah, that's the one you need to get because then you'll have every college in the country. So the NCAA is crazy. I think oh, it's ridiculous. I think to become a sponsor, like you have to donate like something like fifty thousand dollars or like or, or plus of material or like in actual donations. Mm-hmm. Like, um. Yeah, it it'll be a crazy monster. Like that's ever... that's a beast that you don't attack until you're yeah living on this fully and you're ready. You have a legal team ready to go to because the NCAA will sue you for just about anything. You send a lack strap to the wrong kid, and next thing you know, the NCAA is not letting that kid play for a year, and yeah, you're feeling the brunt of it. But, but um, yeah, yo, go go for it. Oh, uh, I don't know. It, the NCAA was never my thing. Um, I don't think it's anybody's thing. When they pull you into that first meeting of the year and you're like hearing all the things that you've probably done wrong in your life and yeah. you have to sign the paper that you've never like looked at looked at a sponsor before you came to college or yeah. whatever. Um, so the I went community college to an NAIA school, which is like the opposite of the NCAA because they don't like their athletic scholarship um like the i don't think they really control like what the percentage of kids are on athletic scholarship mm-hmm. i thought honestly the nai had like a huge opportunity in the past couple of years here to compl- like expand drastically um because of the kind of the stuff that ncaa is putting athletes in schools through um like transfer process just ineligibility for this that and the other thing um but that never happened um for whatever reason. Yeah, I mean, the NCAA is a whole can of worms that yeah. I don't think anybody will ever be able to truly understand because, shit, I mean, they as much money as they bring in, you'd think they would try and take care of the players that yeah. they govern, but they don't. Uh, I feel like the NAI does a better job, though. So the NAI, the schools in general are smaller. So it's like basically <laughs> your Division three schools um, just all came together and started their own thing. So they don't have the resources. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the schools don't have the resources, so they can't provide the same things that a Division One university provides. But they do provide education and athletics, and that's all you need. Like, that's all I needed. Um, right. Yeah. I mean, especially for, like, a young 21-year, 2019, however, how old am I? 22. Like, 19 to 22-year-old in college, I mean – there's three there's two things you should be focusing on at that point if, as an athlete it's just your education and your uh athletic team or whatever yeah. team you're on at the time so i guess if they're giving you the stepping stone to do so take full advantage exactly but, that's how i felt yeah and i mean so obviously now getting back to it you went to school in missouri yeah. lacrosse is obviously not the biggest sport in missouri no uh you before we hopped on here you're telling me you were beating teams like 30 to 2 like yeah. that's insane to me but what what is missouri like i i all i know about missouri and st louis in particular is just like barbecue yeah the blues beat the bruins last year which really pissed me off yeah uh red Sox beat the cardinals a few times which i loved um and that's about it that's, I got that's all i got so it's obviously country and i mean anybody who's playing um down south or in the midwest will understand like there is not much, like, there's not much lacrosse there. Um, I don't think that they have, like, many programs for you to participate in. So you're probably competing against the same guys a lot. And, you know, if you're in the top 10% of those guys, you know, you probably think that 
you're really good, but essentially you haven't had other competition. You haven't to... stepped out of that comfort circle exactly. in, a, in a while. That's the hardest part too, is kind of, you probably got caught up in being dominant down there and then coming back home with your buddies and just being like, shit, I forgot how good people really are at this sport. Yeah. So, um, like coming back home and playing summer league, like you obviously, right. you know, you're, you under, like I understood when I was playing out there, like this is not reality of like what lacrosse actually is. Although we were competing in the MCLA and, um, then we would go to the MCLA championship every year because inevitably we would whip the shit out of anybody that was in our conference. So it was like a Southern conference, I guess you were in or, um, no, it was like the, the great, great river, great rivers. Conference. Yeah. They have like the Mississippi from. river going right through there, right? Is that, Mississippi and Missouri. On and Missouri. Side? Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. I mean, there's rivers. I, I've, I've been to Missouri once, I think yeah. driven right through it. It was, it was a quick, quick through uh, yeah stuff but uh so you're here you're d- dominating this conference you get to the championships you guys then you're struggling now you're well, facing teams that have been together for a while and have yeah. some talent so my first year uh we just didn't have the numbers we had 11 kids recruited from uh ccbc and so our starting lineup was great but then like the kids that we had on defensive midfield like could barely cradle and like so it's the it was year one mm-hmm. of a program like that and then uh so we lost in the first round our second year there but we, you did win games during the season which is still kind of sick because yeah, i mean yeah. there's plenty of programs who you hear guys can't cradle a midfield probably not winning as many games as yeah any other team i mean that's impressive still that you even got there um so yeah and then we won our conference championship in order to go to the national championship um and then our second year like we had a documentary out um, oh really yeah and and it was a great recruiting tool oh my god that Um, is the thing so i'm i'm working with a few i'm not i can't mention them legally but like a few things like that for recruiting techniques and that is literally like the biggest platform to get kids into your school yeah give them a visualization of what it's going to be like and the success that you have like um, or one of the smartest was Oregon brought Diggs up to sell the program to kids. Like, oh, really? He is one of the most personable people and faces of lacrosse right now. So it's like, if I if I met Diggs on my recruiting trip, I'm like, hell yeah, I'm going to school. Even if I don't have to see yeah. Diggs again. But I, ca- I can't wait to meet him in person. I don't know what it's going to be. He's a beauty. Yeah. He, he's a great guy. And the funny, the thing that I love about him so much is that he does not give a shit who you are. And that's kind of the premise of this podcast. I don't, I'll interview plenty of people with like 10 followers because i think people have great stories i mean you and i literally had just met what 47 minutes ago and we're having this great conversation right now and i expect plenty of that but Diggs is that kind of guy who he he's not gonna big league you at any time he'll give you the time of day and he's just a genuine human being he's the same guy on and off of the internet yeah and that's what you're kind of searching for yeah yeah so recruiting tools so you guys put out this documentary. You guys are going to the national championship every year. I'm assuming those two factors. You start yeah. bringing in some, some so talent. The following year, our, uh, our, I forget how many actual recruits we had our first year. Maybe it was 13. But the following year, it turned into um, 45 people. Now, are you taking these? Are they coming for recruiting trips? You no. You taking them out? Getting- so we... Uh, that was the team next year. 
45 people oh, like, on so, the team. And they're mostly recruits, CCSBC guys, or? No, no, they're just from all, all over. over. Um, and and uh, there were a lot more Missouri guys. Um, but also, like, we had a big Canadian presence. Um, like, uh, a couple of kids from Division Three, Division One. Mm-hmm. you know, um, not liking their playing time or just unsettled within a program. Um, our coaches uh, like identified them and then made them an offer. Hell yeah. I mean, yeah. that's the way to do it anymore, especially in like a division two program. You're basically looking for the best player from somewhere else that's struggling. Yeah. And I mean, it happens every day. I mean, yeah. Like we were talking about the kid from Randolph making that tra- ended up transferring to your school. I mean, he obviously struggled, but it's like my school, I think, well, I go to this RMC or whatever. And I, apparently it like the slogan is, I, I've never felt this. I, I mean, I do fine in the classroom, but it's like the easiest school to get into, but like the hardest one to stay in or something. So there's a lot of, I think there's a lot of schools that are both private and have decent lacrosse programs that feel the wrath of that educational system. Yeah. Yeah. It, starting a division three school here and now, I would feel like it'd be this huge struggle. Um, a lot of what they do is they have scholarships directed towards lacrosse programs. They're just not labeled as lacrosse, lacrosse scholarships. scholarships. Right, because you can't, because the NCAA yeah. will still come down on you and yeah, ruin uni- your life. <laughs> the university knows, though, if they label them leadership scholarships, yep. if they're if they're personally given or handpicked from like a set of donors um, every year, like um, big Division three schools. They all have people that like care about lacrosse. Are you telling Salisbury secrets right now or something to me? No. But, uh, <laughs> what's what's Cavrini doing up in Jersey or Philly? Like, how do you think a forty-five thousand dollar or forty-five thousand dollar annual tuition uh, Division three school gets? You know, kids that could be going Division one, Division two. Oh, I know. Or, it's the yeah. the game that they have to play is one dirty as shit like yeah. it is not it is it is something else but then too it's like it's brilliant you have to be a good business person to sell kids first of all or, and then two or you're a maniac uh, i mean you're I, probably you have to have some kind of maniac in you to be part of this process yeah uh, and I, the conductor of it yeah i love like i loved my lacrosse coaches but i also saw like the business side of it if you're not getting recruits if you're not competitive, like, the university will be done with you soon. Like, you're there to win games. You're there to add people to the university. And some people use it as – they're adding as many people as they possibly can to a university. Um, some schools have a JV team, um, 100-plus people in a program. Like, there's no need for that. But it's just – it enrages me just to think about um, because I think about a kid who's just graduating from high school, you know, has his hopes up that he's going to be playing at this great Division three school mm-hmm. and winning national championships or whatever, and then he gets there and there's 20 other guys in his position, including 15 upperclassmen, right. and you're just like, what, what am I doing here? And um, then it's like you get lost in said program because you might be able to outperform someone, but you haven't kissed the coach's ass hard enough or whatever. Yeah. And the coach just starts to hate you or some shit. I mean, that's yeah. the, and it happens every day and there's so much talent that goes by the wayside, but then they end up at a school in Missouri and compete for a national championship. Exactly. So you get to this point, national championship. What is that like? I mean, uh, you're on the big stage. So it's not it's not division three, it's not division two, it's not division one. So it's not at the um it's not at Philly, it's not at M T Bank. Right. Like, um but it's 
I mean, it's still it's, the national championship. I don't. Was, was, I could be in the national championship of my men's league next week and be hype about yeah. it. So, so, so it was. It's not on the East Coast. It's in Irvine. Uh, Irvine, California. Yeah. Oh, it, that's a beautiful area. The MCLA championships. I think it's every year. Just go to Irvine at the end of your at the end of your semester. Essentially, like I'd be. So are you at like UC Irvine on their campus? Or... Yeah. Yeah. That's a beautiful complex. And then you see Irvine, and then they hold, like, um, essentially the next day's games and stuff yeah. at uh, Chapman, Chapman University. Oh, yeah, of course. Beautiful. Oh, oh. my God, yeah. So you are ba- you almost have it better yeah. than going to Philly, where it's, like, I mean, it's not ugly in Philly. You get to play at, like, the link, but yeah. at the same time, you're in Irvine, California, both You could argue your... that for sure. I would make that argument any day of the week, because at the end of the day, whether you like it or not, that championship is going to come to an end, and you'll remember it one way or the other. But are you in Philadelphia? Are you in Irvine, California? Getting a tan on the beach yeah. after the game? Um, <laughs> yeah, and we uh, were literally sitting there on the beach after one of our games, and we had we had just lost. So I mean, it's kind of emotional, but you're a little bummed. But I'm looking at the sunset over over the ocean, and I have a uh, a watermelon that's just full of vodka. Like, yeah, yeah, you're ready to go. Eating, scooping it into it, my mouth. Like, that loss sucks, sure, but we're gonna wash it down tonight, and we're right? in Irvine, California. We're not in the hood of Philadelphia, like working our ass off to get into a bar because it's packed and it's cold outside. Yeah, uh, I I do not regret anything about. Um, my lacrosse experience it was amazing to be a part of i mean you've you've come up through the hotbed here you obviously told me you went to calvert hall like yeah. you enjoyed the hell out of that and then you go to college you get to play in college now after college are you, you still playing are you still playing men's league and so i started initially i was i was all about it and, and it's hard to give up it's yeah. it's one of those things for me for me i i've resonate with hockey so much more than i do lacrosse because lacrosse was never as big of a part of my life so it's like men's league hockey's like my freaking my love of my life yeah but it's like it's hard to give up man this is a sport that you played your entire life you grew up on it and then you got to do it in college so yeah is what's it what's it like now so i at the end of my career like i was kind of ready for it to be over um i had I had torn meniscus, um, and so I continued to play on it. Like, it developed into something, like, trying to cut too hard, like, on legs that weren't strong enough, like, um, developed into something in my hip, and, like, I was kind of hurting at the end, and so, like, it took a little bit of time off. Um, I come back, I'm, I actually, like, am playing against one of the kids that was playing out there with me, who's 6'3", like, 200 pounds, he's a face-off guy, he, like, pops the ball out. And like essentially, he gets directed right down the side, uh, the side of the or the sideline right there, and I drop my shoulder into him, and like, and you feel and that I, one. I just like, I, I was in instant pain. You would have thought Miles <laughs> Jones was running through you or something. Yeah, I was just like, oh my god, like what was I doing? It's it's, it's summer league. league. Like, <laughs> oh, it was terrible. And and then like I'm at work and I'm sore and like I'm like why the hell am I still doing this to myself? Yeah. I didn't give it up right then and there. I took a little bit of time off. Um, but right now I'm just too busy. I don't, I don't have enough time for it. Oh, Dude, I understand that 1 million percent. I don't know how I've gone this far in the conversation without asking, but like what position did you play? Oh, LSM. Oh, you're not. Okay. I was the, uh, so I'm like a smaller guy. Uh, I play great positionally. Um, I don't have a great stick. Like I can't throw the over the head, head checks on most kids. 
Um, but I can like I identify like the opportunities to get fast breaks, mm-hmm. and so like I just run so you're the ball. cheating. You're you're oh, working up. Oh hell yeah! yeah. <laughs> uh, it, and then I I go down, and um, more often than not, I pass. But then I'd be trying. I like uh, if we're playing one of those teams that we're beating thirty-two. I'm oh, thinking you're it, going I'm after thinking it. it. I'm thinking. It, I'm not passing. I'm running through people, or I'm you're just trying to get to the cage. It. Yeah, I'm taking it from like I'm trying to take a two-pointer or whatever. Like oh, I'm yeah. just gonna rip it at whatever point I you're can. You're playing like Troy Ray. He, he's an incredibly uh, moderate, modest LSM. He he won't bring it up too often, but when he does, he's having fun with it. So. Yeah. You're just trying to get through the guys. That's sick, though, man. So, yeah. so now that Lax Drops is taking off, are you? Do you think you're gonna be able to get back into the game from a maybe coaching standpoint? So or? I actually still coach, and this season's especially gonna be tough because of how busy we are with Lax Drops. But I actually coach at Pikesville High School right here. Oh yeah, and um, yeah, we're just trying to, to develop a program there. Um, a they, varsity. Yeah, yeah, and so um, they they had. Uh, just terrible luck these past two years essentially all their best players graduated mm-hmm. um they're, they're trying to develop like we're trying to develop like this class of underclassmen and they're uh, they're in a conference that they have no business being in like i've got kids um i showed up at the first day they're it's actually their first game because uh logistics but anyway i show up at the first game i've got kids that can barely run yet alone cradle and they're out there playing uh, against Hereford in, oh, in like these, these state championships. Is this like, because you of the size of the school so that they're placed in this it's division? In part, but like if you have a terrible school that's big, then they're obviously dropped the division. Mm-hmm. Um, now they had competed towards like the mid tier championship mm-hmm. um, the year before, but then they graduated. But then all they those graduate people, those people, and then and... they moved them up. So, oh my yeah, god! The... So not only you're getting like doubly screwed there. Yeah. Not only are you not going to be able to compete, but you also lost all the guys that could compete. Yeah. So our first year, we we lost every single game. It was like I couldn't believe um, what what had happened, and um, because they didn't have a chance. Like they didn't have a chance from the beginning. Um, a lot of the kids didn't even know that they were going to have a varsity team that year because the the athletic director took so long to hire my buddy, who's the head coach. Okay. Um, so just everything about it was all backwards. Um, last year, um, they won one game against like a lower tier team that the teams that they should be competing against. They lost every single game. This um, it's tied up, going in uh, thirty seconds left in the fourth quarter. I have this. Uh, beauty of an athlete and he's just worked his butt off for the past two years hasn't complained once just like uh, an amazing kid and he runs down there and he rips one from the top of the box just past the ear hole of the goalie and oh, we win the fired yeah, you yeah, off yeah we win the get we win this playoff game and then um yeah, and then they lost like twenty to zero. The next, the next game. one, where you run into the wall. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. yeah. No, I've faced that plenty of times in my life. Yeah. No, that's it's, it's kind of crazy though to think there's a school in the greater Baltimore area that had an athletic director who took a while to hire a lacrosse coach. And oh my god! So he, I mean, just driving. Um, what is it? Five minutes from here, maybe. Uh, ten minutes. Ten maybe. minutes, maybe. Just driving here, though, I passed every house has a lacrosse net in the backyard. Oh yeah. You'd think that they would have like uh, uh, the opportunity to 
field a great team. Anybody in this area would be like, if a school really like came asking, anybody I feel like would jump on it because yeah, there's so many lacrosse players in the area. So my buddy was all about it. He was like, I had interviews way back in November, um, and then essentially. Like, there's obviously a background checks and stuff like that. Yeah. But it that might have taken two weeks. But anyway, he didn't get the chance to hire his assistant coach, which I was one of them, until right before the season. Right, so, so you're showing up day one, game day. Exactly. You don't know what the hell is going uh, on. What do these know, kids even know? I don't know the kids' names. Like, I don't, I don't know who's You're just the creepy old guy showing up, <laughs> telling them what to do. Yeah, he goes, hey, here's your assistant coach, Steve. And I was like, hey, guys. And uh, he was like, okay, name your starting lineup. And I was like, I don't know who these kids are. Oh, my God, that's terrible, man. But, I mean, you clearly made the most of it at this yeah. point. You've probably built some great connections with all these kids. I mean, yeah, they and, all look up to you. And uh, main thing is, is like, uh, those kids that stuck it out, like they're champions. Like they are absolute champions. They just they're doing it because they love the game and like they understand like they're they're gonna get beat on up on a little bit, but they'll have a couple of games where they get to compete. Like, yeah. And and they love it. Um. And so this year we're actually dropping down to the right division, the mid tier. So division. you'll be competing and exactly. working with the teams. So and... so we had uh like. We might have finished the year with like 15 kids that first year, Jeez. and then and then this year there's as many as 38 that are going to the interest meetings. So that's like, awesome. Yeah, it it's definitely taking it's a crazy time. what happens when you get a coach in position who rallies kids around joining the team and get them interested. Yeah, and well, we had kids like varsity basketball players, varsity football players that play lacrosse that are like, I'm not gonna go out there and compete compete against Hereford when. I've got kids throwing lollipop passes to me. Like, yeah. It, it, and they know. Like, it's just not fun at that point, you know? And yeah. at the end of the day, lacrosse is such a fun game. But, I mean, I can I can connect with that because I, the other day I was working with these kids, and I come, I told you I come from a hometown. Lacrosse was nothing. Like, my dad, who was, like, the most on I love you if you're listening to this podcast. <laughs> but, like, he's the most unathletic person I've ever met in my life. And just because I, one, played lacrosse, but two, he, he knew the rules of the game. He loved watching lacrosse. Yeah. They asked him to be, like, the club coach or whatever at the high school because that was the only thing they could develop. And he was the only guy in the town who had, like, heard of lacrosse before. Yeah. So it's like I meet these kids the other day. I, I go to the high school when I'm home, and I shoot just because I'm – still chasing this dream one day like <laughs> paul rabel like drive by while i'm shooting and being <laughs> but um I, and these kids come out and they they love the game man they're using like their older brothers like hand-me-down stick and they love it but they tell me like their coach is the football coach who doesn't know a lick about lacrosse yep. and yep. he just makes them run and he's got his football guys out there and they're just there for the conditioning they don't know anything about they don't know where the positions are on the field they don't know what an attackman is they don't know what working from x means and i'm like guys like this is it's one it's kind of heartbreaking but two i, I mean it's so rewarding that i got to work with them because yeah. it's like listen like and some of them had some talent which is crazy i mean yeah. like the, the stuff that comes out of these kids who love the game but don't have the resources that's where you find some competitors yeah so being in missouri i witnessed a couple of kids running around um you know, six three kids that are on the basketball team and they just don't know anything about lacrosse. And you're just like, this kid, if he really wanted it, he could do it. Like yeah. Jared Newman, like Jared Newman, it. senior year of high school. Yeah, picks it up, goes to Providence, one of the best lacrosse schools in the country, and figures it out. Yeah, it, it, and is 
Now he's he's unreal. He's I mean, on Team USA. He's like, on Team USA. He's one of the faces. I mean, he, he was Defender of the Year. Yeah. Whether it's deserved, that's in my question. Whatever. But um, I think he's great. He's uh, His offensive production's just as good as his defensive production. And he's also an amazing human being. Yeah. So, like... It's it's crazy the people I, I had a buddy like that too out of high school or not a buddy but someone I had played with or whatever and my freshman year of high school didn't know a thing about lacrosse he came from Asia actually and next thing you know he's at a big D one school playing LSM because that's awesome. yeah no it's just, those are the that's the beautiful thing about lacrosse I I will be the first to admit that like lacrosse is one of those sports that you can pick up because yeah. I've seen it happen there's sports out there you try and hit an 83 or 93 mile per hour fastball there it's like one of those things you have to be able, like you have to have hand-eye coordination out the ass to do that yeah but you can pick up lacrosse and can figure it out i know plenty of kids who picked up a long pole and just were aggressive dudes who want to let some anger out and figured it out and that's i mean that's essentially how it starts like i started i think it was in fourth grade because i was just sick of playing baseball just sitting there like it's, it's it's a slow game it's yeah. a slow slow game and uh, you know i'm i i am one of those people who's so against the baseball lacrosse battle i'm tired of it i, I don't really give a shit anymore i watch baseball because i love the red Sox, yeah. and it's just how i feel about it so. so i'll say this baseball has a good a good culture i would say throughout college the I cultures think, are completely different then uh, that's the biggest thing i think that they have their own their own thing going like it's a chill sport you know you chill out 90 percent of the time you go yeah. catch a ball uh five percent of the time and then the other five percent of the time you know you might be warming up and then taking swings and then you know you try and hit a ball and if you don't like it's not even a big deal like if you don't hit the <laughs> you ball go three for ten times in the hall of 10, fame right. yeah yeah exactly so um i think like you know lazy kids or lazier personalities might vibe better with that but like lacrosse it i just think the whole sport has an opportunity like a serious opportunity because it is so fun for everyone except for maybe a goalie but those kids are crazy anyways like, <laughs> you have to be a freaking nut to get in between the pipes and yeah. shots coming at you 105 miles per hour granted i do want to do it one day i do want to hop in between the pipes never so down at signature one of our employees is brian carn he's a beauty but he, he was the goalie at u tampa uh-huh. so i told him one day i'll like strap it up and i'll let him shoot on me for once because he's been taking shots his whole life but yeah. it's like i gotta do it once but that you're a psycho like uh, you are a certified psychopath i i can't do it i i've suited up and tried to do it i i just it doesn't work for me like it doesn't i don't get the point of standing there while the ball is coming at you like really at you it's Um, it's that it's the adrenaline rush it's kind of like uh taking a shot at the bar like you get that same feeling from like catching a ball or like stopping a shot and if you can survive on that and be mentally tough enough to sure enjoy it man you'll probably have a long career yeah but if you can't oh forget about it become an attackman <laughs> yeah that's that's what i did <laughs> i gotcha yeah so that's that's awesome but it sounds like you've you've got it all in line here with the, like having a little bit of lacrosse sprinkled in your life while living living an actual life outside of it because i mean as much as lack straps is going to consume your time because it's crazy that i can't believe you're still in-house doing this that's insane to me yeah but uh that's awesome and i love this show is that this is kind of my mental break a lot of people are like i need to like be alone or i need to sleep or something during the day and i'm like no i need to go talk to somebody and i need to record it i don't know why dude i'm an introvert like i 
I'm mostly interested. I would not know that from the conversation we've had over the last 56 minutes. Well, it's just something you have to learn. Like, yeah. uh, to, to go out there and, like, um, you know, obviously, it's just a much better life when you're talking to people. Like, yeah. you can't just sit at your house all day. But, um, essentially, uh, I, like, I would not know what to do with myself if I didn't have my nose to the grindstone, like, 100% of the time. Like, Blackstraps isn't my first business, but yeah. it's the business that I like the most. So I'm gonna put like everything that I have into it, like right. it, like that I can afford to put into it. Oh, of course. And um, there, there's such a fine line in business that has is like, I can allot X amount of dollars to something, but like when do I cross that line? Yeah. When do I get to the point where I'm like, this isn't worth it anymore? That's a and, great- it's it's the hardest part of business too. Yeah. Because you are putting so much effort into something. But like when I'm up at like four AM for the fourth night in a row editing a video, I'm like, is this still worth it? And yeah. yeah, it usually is in the end. But yeah. It's it's it is that that kind of culmination. But so you're at LaxCon last week, right? Yeah. I so missed you somehow. I don't know how. I was in the very back because uh it it's like a it costs like eleven hundred dollars for me to get my booth set up there. And that was a last Wait, minute. So U.S. Lacrosse made you pay that. Yeah, yeah. Really? LaxCon. Yeah, I thought paid, every vendor in there paid. Really? Yeah. As an introvert, you're meeting people. Oh, my all God. Over. Was that hell? It was exhausting. So, it is. So day one, like, I'm talking to a fair amount of people. It was a very slow day. So I, I forked over $1,100 uh, mm-hmm. to go just be able to set up a booth there. And then obviously... And then you have to have inventory. Yeah, I mean, I, I worked until midnight. Because I didn't have... I didn't have it in place that I was actually going to go until, like, the weekend before. Mm-hmm. So I was like, yeah, I want as much inventory as possible. Um, so I was up until midnight every single night except for Thursday and Friday nights leading up to it. Um, or Thursday night. Um, and so I go there. And Friday's day one. And I sold, like, $100 worth of stuff. And I'm like, oh, my God. And that God. was day one. No this, one's there day one. Yes. <laughs> so you did pretty like, well. I'd never been to LexCon before, so I didn't understand. I was like, oh, my God. Like, I am dejected. I'm tired. Like, because oh, I was, so, like, socializing, trying to talk to people. And, um, and like, and then so day two comes. And I'm like, whoa. Like, it was it hits unreal. You. And I didn't even have, like. Just like you said, uh, you didn't see me. I was in the very back, yeah. and like I was in an area that not everybody was making the turn. Around. Were you by the cheesesteaks or no? It was like on the uh, caddy corner, or not not caddy corner, but to the left. Thing. Oh, so by oh, you were by like the not the goalie simulator. There was like a simulator over there though, or something that for shooting or something um, along those lines. I, I only made a quick roundabout over there. I did. I had to do. So we obviously we were partnered with the WPLL. Mm-hmm. So I had to spend a lot of time over there doing interviews with like the girls in the WPLL yeah. and stuff like that. The behind the scenes stuff that isn't always pretty, you know, and taking on this role as director of social media is definitely it's a lot more behind the scenes than anything in the world. But I gotcha. yeah, it's a ton of fun. But I don't know how I missed you, first of all. But so this you're just by the end of Saturday night, you're. I was so Crashing. exhausted. Um, yeah, it, it was... Uh, You're like, you it, need two weeks off. Don't talk to anybody. <laughs> it, that's exactly how I felt. So um, I got everything packed up. Like, we packed up early. Like, it, it, it's just such a long day. And it was just me and my girlfriend that day. And, like, bless her heart. She does, like, 
she doesn't like doing it either. Right. Um, I mean, business sucks. I don't care how much you like what you do. Packing up a booth, bringing a booth anywhere, it sucks. Yeah. Like, I could, if her merch sold millions and millions of dollars, I wouldn't want to go put up a booth. I I would love what I do. I love putting it out, but I'm not gonna go set it up. I fucking hate that. Yeah. And I get, I dude, more more power to you, because I'm an extrovert. Everyone freaking knows that. I, yeah. I'll talk to anybody. But and I I'm exhausted at the end of that freaking event. Yeah. So I mean, I can only imagine. But so Laxcon goes. What? How many supply? What are you setting up? Are you just putting out your favorites? Like you can see what everyone likes for the most so, part. I had the, I mean, I did New Jersey, New York, um, Pennsylvania state flags um, mm-hmm. in, in like state designs for that because everybody's like that's drivable in Philadelphia. Totally, like, especially um, Philly. And then like making sure that I had good inventory on everything else. Um, um, yeah, it was just, ex- I mean, I meant, I'm trying to think about how I can recuperate my money and make it all not just like this complete disaster. Um, my, just like you sunk way too much into my, something you weren't ready for. My girlfriend, like, she was like on me. She was like, you, <laughs> you spent $1,100 getting a booth to go to LaxCon. And then thankfully she was there day two because she saw how good we did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when, you're, when you're finally breaking even from that $1,100. Yeah. <laughs> she was like, she was like, oh, like, yeah, I get it. Like, no, it's worth it in the end. But yeah. it's like you, you, any business, you have to fork up the original money. And that's yeah. the hardest part. So, like, I know merchandise. You have black straps. It's You have to put up the original capital. And it sucks until you get it back. But then once you get it back, shit, day two at LaxCon, you're doing pretty damn well for yourself. And everybody's got a black strap added to their helmet after that day. Yeah. And I think we handed out, like... 200 250 business cards to like mm-hmm. people for team orders and stuff like that like ho- hopefully that uh turns into something we we did have uh i guess it's two sets of team orders um right after that but we'll, the we'll business see. card almost goes further than the sale you'd yeah. be shocked it's i mean we're so you weren't at the bar the night before were you because that's where i got all my sales done no <laughs> oh no i gave out so many business cards that night that's the that, that was the main event for me I, I couldn't come to do it. I'm Dude, so I don't tired. blame you. I mean, I can only imagine how you are feeling as a business person having to, one, you are representing your brand, and yeah. two, sales, customer service sucks. It is, I can't, how many kids came up that day and asked for a free lax strap? Um, not many. Really? Um, yeah, some kids took them off the table and just walked away, and I was like, no, it's not free. Yeah, like, it's like, <laughs> I'm not giving these away, I'm showing it to you, sure, yeah. it's something you can put in your pocket, but like, buy it, buddy. Yeah. Um, but essentially, I ha- it's the same thing to everybody, because not every, when it, people walk by it, they don't completely understand it, they're like, okay, like, it, it's something that goes on the bottom of your helmet, maybe, like, um, and so, I'm like, it's elastic. Um, it stretches over at like right. it's universal fit. It's machine washable, and and I said that like those exact words a million times, and hundreds yep. of times. Like I was, I could hear it in my sleep. Like, and then you get done, and you're like, wait, did I say it that time? Did I did I remember to remind them that this one was elastic and this one has Velcro on the back? Or, yeah, yeah. No, it's the it's the things that run through your mind, or like you finish up a conversation, and you're like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have said that. Like maybe I was too nice to that guy, or yeah, he was like being a dick to me, or whatever. Oh, well, the ones that I regret are the ones that are like it, where I was 
at the end of the day or the beginning of the day and I'm not like fully up and at them. Right. It, like if somebody's walking by and they have their head down and they're like looking at it and I didn't stop and say something mm-hmm. because for almost every sale I have to stop and say something. Like, yeah, they want that human connection. Yeah. They the personal face of the brand and the face of just someone to connect it to, honestly. Yeah. Because I mean, with any product and with the growing idea of content, content creation and the growing of businesses is people don't give a shit about the product anymore. It's all about the personality that comes with it or being able to it, express yeah. your own personality. So I mean you were able to do that with a, so many people at LaxCon, I can only imagine. But I mean, at the end of the day, it's a sweet event. Are you, you going to do the same type of thing next year? You think you're going to have a booth again? Oh, yeah, and, and it's in Baltimore. So it's yeah, you're right have, in your corner I don't now. have to pay for a hotel and, like, the added expenses that come with it. Oh, um, yeah, that's the hardest part. Yeah. I mean, it's you you hear about this event, and you're like, okay, I'll fork up my $1,100. That's, that's not the only expense. Yeah. It's going to be a $3,000 weekend, yeah. and you have to earn it all back because at the end of the day, being your own business person, is it's all coming out of your pocket, exactly. and that's the hardest part. For me, it's nice. I have a third-party entity. I'm yeah. an employee of another company, but at the same time, I mean, I'm there representing multiple brands and companies, and yeah. that's, the, that's the really the stinger of these weekends where – you, you do fork up a lot of money, but you also bring it back, and you also gain awareness and stuff like that. But. Yeah. So uh, any young business owners, like, don't forget about all your expenses, mileage, like um, the hotel expense, mm-hmm. um, your meals, everything like that, as long as it's business-related, like, Throw well, it on. My biggest, I don't know if you might feel that you're probably so much more business savvy than me. I'll say that right up from the jump. But like for me, it's like I just throw it on a business credit card that I have and okay. pay it off and put it off on expenses. I mean, yeah, that's my biggest piece of advice. I don't take it necessarily because yeah. it, it works for me, but it's not everybody's business model. Yeah. And is that kind of what you were getting at there? So uh, I just keep it all together. Yes. Right. Oh, you know, yeah. Keep three seats. A business credit card is a great idea. I mean, some places, I mean, you're putting a check in the mail or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, you just have to track down all your expenses at the end of the year. That's the hard when tax season comes around and they're like, do you have your 13 W-2? And I'm like, I don't even know what the fuck a 13 W-2 is. Yeah. So I, I'm, <laughs> I'm <like>, self-made. <laughs> I know that like the money invested in this year, like uh, essentially this, um, this and my other business combined, like it's, it's about even for me. Yeah. Like, and so that's I'm, the, that's the thing that people don't understand at all either. It's like you were working from even for so long yeah like you're not making like you'll make money you will but you're yeah. not making making money like no, you can la- live on it yet Lagstrap's is loot like has lost me money but, right but, but at the same it's, time it's, it's like in three years when you're making yeah enough money to live off of lax straps then uh, who knows if that will ever come um, i mean that's what the ultimate goal is yeah right it, absolutely um but essentially you're investing in the future um referrals just and this has the, the fact that people just see it and then they're curious and they'll follow up. It's not like a business where you do it like like let's say you're putting in a toilet. Nobody knows who put in that toilet. Right. Like yeah, it's you. People see it. It's unique. Um, they can identify it easily, and then hopefully they come 
come my way come your way and just keep coming your way i mean because after a while you, you gotta change up a lack strap and that's yeah, the do. thing it's like you can't have the same one on your helmet forever and that's why it's such a good business model is because like at the end of the day I, i'd compare it to like t-shirts like you're not gonna wear the same t-shirt every day exactly and you're not gonna wear the same lack strap every day and it's not like you're putting out a product that's expensive like it's not breaking your bank to order no, a new lack strap a- that's the best part yeah and I mean, your margins have to be pretty good since you're doing it yourself, right? I mean, yeah. So, you're it's help it's benefiting everyone at the end of the day. Yeah. So, uh, I I compare it to t-shirt sales as well. Yeah. Um, or just like the business model. Um, essentially, people can rewear it, um, but they don't have to utilize it all the time. Um, and obviously, you want different ones. Um, and we can do different ones. Yeah yeah that's it's brilliant man we have come full circle here we started with lack straps we're back on lack straps plug them plug them right here tell everyone where they can find them who they're following what they're following on social media the website offer codes whatever they need to hear yeah so laxstraps.com uh instagram is lax lax underscore straps and essentially anytime you're interacting um with me or with the company you're interacting with me because it's literally just me at this point in time um yeah my girlfriend's helped me cut up a little bit of the materials um yeah i think it's twice um and then uh did you kind of cut her off well no it's it's just that like she has other things to do right she's a smart girl like she she has a lot of other things to do i would never expect my girlfriend to do anything for me she exactly she's got a million things she's so much smarter than me too she's like (laughs) writing code for like a robot when i'm like posting a vlog that's <laughs> like, it's the exact same thing here and i'm yeah. like yeah you know i'm trying to be just as successful with you but you're gonna be behind the scenes and i'm gonna put my face all over the internet <laughs> yeah um so anyway you're interacting with me and yeah it uh feel free to email me it's contact us at laxstraps.com and i can answer any questions that you have um it, essentially they're universal fit and they they are machine washable because it's sublimated on the elastic. And, yeah, um, we do team sales, discounts. Um, and, and if you have a good fundraiser out there, we'd, we'd definitely love to help. Yeah, any anytime you can fundraise money, that's amazing. That's awesome. Uh, I'm so hyped to get this episode out to people. I think that was one of my favorite interviews I've ever done. That oh, was, that was awesome. awesome, man. So Lack Straps is going to be thriving. I'm not concerned for your well-being at all. Um, it's something that's growing every day. And so this has been a blast. I want to thank you for coming on, telling your story. I mean, that was the quickest hour and 10 minutes of my life. That Dude, was so... thanks for coming down. Yeah, no, of course. I was on my way back up north, you know, the 95 grind. I'm, yeah. I'm going to be in New York City tomorrow. Oh I'll be in uh, Philadelphia on Sunday. So we're all over the place getting these interviews in. It's nice because I live in New Jersey. So yeah. like my house, I can always end up there. But, but... How, how are you going to school? Like, uh, <laughs> uh, You know, school is, school happens. It does. <laughs> I've... I've come to the conclusion now, and I'm an English political science double major, so I have four classes left that I have to do well in to graduate. Uh-huh. I just have to get a C. That's all my I have to do. But okay. school has definitely been tougher to attend, but I, I have my schedule set up so that I don't have a class on Mondays until 3 p.m. So if I need to catch a flight or something early on a Monday morning, that's doable. And then I have no Friday classes. So I can constantly 
work the weekends. And the best thing about lacrosse is that everything is the weekends. There's no Wednesday games. There's no Wednesday events. Yeah. The only thing that I would be doing on Wednesday is creating content for either myself, signature, whatever is going yeah. on. So stuff like this, I can, this is, you're on my way home. I stopped in Timonium to see my aunt because mm-hmm. uh, it was her birthday or something and I had to give her a gift for my mom. <laughs> and then I'm here. So it's a, it's a great stop. And it, this, yeah, this is, this is what I want to do ultimately. I mean, I love this. Dude, and, and you're on your way. Like you're on a constant grind. Like, yeah, and, dude, it's just gonna, it's well, just gonna. Like uh, you, I have to be working a hundred percent of the time. Yeah. I have no, like, I can't sit down and just, when I start thinking to myself, that's when I also start to like, not anxiety, but I get worried. I'm like, who's going to beat me to this piece of content or yeah. like something else. And like, so like since taking this job at Signature now, I'm on a f- like five conference calls a day. I'm like constantly talking to people and it's been great. Don't get me wrong. And I love what I do. I love it to death, yeah. but it's like, it's, there's a lot going on. Dude, yeah. it's a emo- like, it's emotional. Um, like you're obviously putting so much passion out there. Um, in everything that you do, and it's obvious. Yeah, and, I appreciate that. <laughs> and and dude, it it will come back. Oh, like, I know. I, I I've, you know, leaving outside the box was one of my harder things that I had to do. I, I bet. Obviously, I enjoyed my time there a lot. And was it the cleanest breakup? No, but uh, I think that I've gotten a lot of affirmation since that move, and it's kind of pushed me really hard these last this like last month or so. Shit, I guess it's been a month since I left the podcast and yeah. been doing my own thing. But yeah, so we're just always hoping for the movement forward, and I appreciate your support. I appreciate anyone's support. So if you're listening to this and you support me, thank you. <laughs> but um, that's gonna do it, man. That's gonna wrap up episode number two of anybody and everybody (laughs) Uh, thanks for having me of course as always i have got to thank steve for just coming on the show and being so open and vulnerable that was an absolutely amazing interview in my opinion and honestly the part that i enjoyed the most was i mean obviously i love talking about lacrosse and i miss doing it a lot but the being able to talk about business with him was something so fascinating. I mean, there's something so admirable about his hustle and the way that he is willing to literally put anything and everything into this company to make sure it succeeds. And that's kind of hopping off the anybody and everybody mentality. Anything and everything is what you have to do sometimes to make it succeed. Sure, you are not always going to see the financial turnaround that people expect you're seeing, but in the long run, you are putting together a foundation for a business that is going to be incredibly successful and just something that jumps off the page to people. So that was such a good conversation. Obviously, there's so many more stories like that out there. So if you haven't already, reach out to me. I want to hear your story and I want to get you on the podcast. So feel free to shoot me a DM because I mean, these interviews are just firing out at this point. I have so many people lined up and it's great. And I think that we're going to have some amazing, amazing, amazing podcasts coming out for you guys. So I really had a great time with that conversation. This episode's a little bit short. It's 10 a.m. right now. I'm running two hours late on this because, well, I was in Canada all weekend skiing. And, you know, sometimes sometimes the hustle does have to come to a little bit of a break where you can relax, sit back, and enjoy your time with family and friends and the people that you love. So thank you guys for being patient. I know that this episode's a little bit late here, but it's going to be, it's such a good one that I don't think you guys will mind one bit. So 
as always, thank you guys so much for listening. Feel free to DM me. Make sure that you're following me on all social platforms at Herm underscore SL. And I will see you next Tuesday with an interview with one of my best friends that honestly is just as good as the last two. So you guys should be excited. I'm excited and I can't wait to get all these episodes out to you guys. Thanks again. As always, stay grooving.